Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Washington fans? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast, part of the Capital Network and sponsored by 500 Level, who specializes in officially licensed t-shirts to help you rep your favorite teams and players. Use our code BNP20, save 20% off your order. Brian, we got some more shirts on the way. I saw a tweet with Deron Payne. Looks like he's partnered with 500 Level now. Let's go. Adding to the line so y'all can rep the house of Payne now too. But as always, I'm your host of the Burger Network Podcast, Josh Taylor. That's my co-host, Brian Murphy. And joining us today, a very special guest, one of my favorites, the Washington football team insider and owner of Sports Journey, Lake Lewis. Lake, welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, what's up, guys? I appreciate you having me back on. Awesome. I told Brian last time we talked, you were spot on. You were talking about Morgan Moses' health with his ankles and you said, guys, wait till next season. Morgan's going to blow it out of the water. And sure enough, he's killing it. He had IHOP back in him. I was there today <laughs> with my pancakes. Brian, did you celebrate at all? Uh, I was not able to. I don't know if that's You're available. You're in Georgia, to, so. Yeah, I don't know if it's available <laughs> down here. But I, I was so excited to see that because I'm a big pancake uh, guy and nobody better than Morgan Moses. Yeah, there's there's nothing more beautiful to an offensive lineman than just stuffing the defender, throwing him down to the ground. And it's even better when you get to eat pancakes doing so. So, Lake, like I said, you're always on top of everything. So, the one thing I wanted to ask you first off, obviously, this has been uh, just roller coaster of a season. Everything going on on the field and off the field. My one question for you is, how different has this team and this season really been compared to teams and seasons of the past that you've been around? I mean, it's been night and day. And saw it from day one. I mean, it was uh, just a different group of guys. I mean, they were young first and foremost. I mean, a lot of the teams that I've covered here in the past were veteran laden. Um, unfortunately, some of the teams I covered had, you know, veterans that probably <laughs> probably should have packed it up <laughs> and, and retired, and they didn't. Um, they came from other teams, and they were coming here and making money and not yeah. really competing. Um, so it was a totally different dynamic and. You know, when Ron Rivera came in, again, I remember, at, you know, sitting at his press conference and, and hearing his words, and they, they were real. He, you know, he was like, we want to have a team that competes, that leaves it on the field for four quarters, um, a, a team that, you know, that we can build through the draft with, some young guys, uh, and, and guys that would hold each other accountable. And if you didn't see that this year, I don't know what you were watching because – um, you know, everything that was done. And there were some things that I was, you know, that I, you know, I, I would say that I, I didn't care for how things were done at times. Um, but the difference is everything Ron Rivera is doing, there's a plan behind it. And I'm okay with that. Whether you fail or not, at least you have a plan. There's, there's a method behind it. And I think that it's carried over with this team. I mean, there's, they're a team that fights, you know, they, they play hard for four quarters, even the games they were losing, they still were competitive in those games. Um, oh, yeah. 
you, you know, I think the Ravens game was probably probably the only game that really just got out of hand. Um, the, 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 the Rams game was close, um, but I did see some things that, you know, were positive in that game. But the Ravens game was a game that was the only game of the year that I think they were just manhandled. Um, and then they came back and played strong after that. So, uh, again, I, I'm just impressed with the, the, the resiliency of the team. And, guys, how many times have we said over the years, um, you know, you are what your coach is. And, you know, let's face it, Jay Gruden, I was critical of the training camps and how country club atmosphere it was. <laughs> guys would go out and get hurt. Some guys, I don't even know if they were hurt, that were saying they were hurt. Um but you saw this year, guys were playing with injuries. Guys were, you know, look at Alex Smith. Um, look at look at you know Antonio Gibson coming back from toe injury. Terry McLaurin, high ankle sprain. Morgan Moses, Brandon Sheriff. I mean, there were a lot of guys banged up that just that are gritting it out. And and I think if when you look at your coach, and he's battling cancer, I mean, if you can't get a cue from that, you're not a man. <laughs> so I, I like what we're saying. Yeah, um, one of the big things I remember from. Uh, coach Ron saying was like be where your feet are and I feel like this team has really embodied that you know like it would have been so easy to be distracted by everything going on around it and they really just have embodied what their coach has said and and gone out there and done it uh, would you say this is probably the most a Washington team has uh, lived up to the character of their coach positively we've seen a lot of negatively but positively probably since what Joe Gibbs oh yeah without without question I mean this is a uh... You knew what you were getting in Ron Rivera. I mean, he's an accomplished coach. You know, there, there's people out there saying, oh, he's, you know, I, I saw someone and I'm not naming any fan or anything like that. But I had someone pop up on my social media saying that they're getting tired of hearing about Rivera and he's he's just an average coach. And listen, you know, put your put your your haterade down. Stop. <laughs> I mean, this guy's been successful. He was successful at Carolina. He took that team to the Super Bowl. He had an MVP. He had an MVP quarterback. I mean, stop. I mean, and, and let's face it, those Panthers teams weren't always, you know, talent rich, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And yet, they still had an identity. And I think that that's what he's trying to do here. Uh, one of the things that jumps off to me, especially on offense here, is that guys don't do things that they can't do. I mean, you don't. You don't have guys playing out of body, meaning that they're not. Antonio Gibson is what we were expecting they were going to turn him into, and that was going to be a hard, tough nosed runner. And you see that. I mean, he runs hard. Um, you, you knew he was fast. You don't really get a chance to see that that often because at this point, his game is north and south. He's hitting holes and he's running hard. And I, I respect that. You know, he's not doing things that he's not capable of doing. Terry McLaurin tough, hard-nosed receiver, um, ultra-fast. At times, you don't even know that because he's making, you know, 50-50 catches. He's, you know, he's making tough catches over the middle of the field, taking hits, still holding on to the ball. So you're starting to see guys, um, you know, start to develop right in front of your eyes. And, and I think as long as they keep doing that and, as you say, keep their feet firmly planted on the ground, uh, I'm excited for where this thing can go going forward. Uh you know, uh, I've been around for a little bit, and I remember 2012 team that won the division, 2015 team that won the division. 2012 team, you remember they had that great, I think it was an eight-game winning streak, nine-game winning streak to get into the playoffs. Um, and we know about, you know, RG3 and all that. But the 2015 team, 
I remember when they won that final game in Philadelphia and, and you know, to win the division at nine and seven, everyone was like, Oh, well, the division stunk. And <laughs> yeah. and you know, it, it was it was a tough one because guys I, there were a lot of veterans on that team, and you kind of felt like this was just a, a feel-good, good year for them in 2015. They got in, and, and I, and you know, there was some talk that maybe they could do something the next year, a little bit greater. But but most people weren't sure. This team right now, as constructed, is a young football team with a dynamic defense that's only going to get better. I mean, they're going to get back. Uh, Matt Ioannidis next year as well. Yeah. Ruben Foster may be back. I mean, it, uh, you know. Uh, Landon Collins may be back. There's more pieces that are going to be coming back to, to go along already with a nice stout defense. Offensively, you found some players. No one thought at the beginning of the year about Logan Thomas. Now you have your starting tight end, who I thought should have been in the Pro Bowl, frankly. No, oh, yeah. Um, you know, Terry McLaurin, I thought should have been in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> so you've got some guys now, Antonio Gibson coming around as well. I'm telling you, if they can shore up the quarterback position for next year, this is going to be a scary football team. This is going to be a football team that should compete, not just for the NFC East, you know, to, to keep their crown. Um, but I think this is a team that can compete in the NFC on a greater level if they can get the quarterback position short away. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, that's something we're going to be talking about heavily um, in the offseason, getting that quarterback situation straight. But you really nailed it on the head. seems like this team is built the right way. And we talked about like people saying, oh, go get this guy, go get this guy, and getting sucked into these terrible like long-term contracts like you see with Zeke now um, and even Carson Wentz's contract Nick Foles's contract before he went to the Bears you're really building the team the right way we went bargain shopping this offseason we've got McKissick for one more year on the deal and same with Logan Thomas we just locked up Chase Roulier on a four-year deal I believe so you're building it the right way it started with the head coach front office is getting remade also it seems like it's finally going the right way. Before, it's like, we can win games, but does it feel like anything's really changing? And it didn't. It just felt like we were that same like average-level team that can just win games here and there. But like I say, if we get great quarterback play next year, this team's going to compete, and no one's going to want to play this team. Um, but speaking of teams that people don't really want to play, that's any team that Tom Brady's on, first off. <laughs> he has been to 42 playoff games in his career. Brian, do you know how many games Washington has played in the playoffs in the team's history? Oh, shoot. I don't know. Probably probably right around there. I mean, It is. It's 43. Wow. So Tom okay. Brady's had one less playoff game in his career wow. than Washington has had in their whole entire history. Wow. So, with that like being that said, that's, <laughs> that is, that's a pretty astounding <laughs> stat. That's as impressive as it gets. So, with that being said... Chase Young still wants Tom Brady. He made it clear back when he was before he was even drafted. If you watch the tapes when they interviewed him, they asked, who is the one quarterback in the league you want to sack? He said, give me the best of them. I want Tom Brady. That's the guy I want. His wish is getting fulfilled. Lake, what can you say about this guy? Obviously, we know how well he plays in the field. But just from a character standpoint, the confidence, the leadership, what impresses you so much about Chase Young? I mean, Chase Young's a dog. I mean, and I mean that and not in a bad way, not one that lies down. I mean, <laughs> that, that attacks. Yeah. And, and when you got to change up. This, yeah. And that's what this team has been devoid of for years. I mean, they had guys that talked a lot. And, and then on Sundays, their face was their faces were in the dirt. Seriously. I mean, that's that's what you were seeing. Well, you see guys now that are that are dogs out on the field and, and they're they're taking no prisoners. And 
I like that kind of talk. And I don't I don't even think Tom Brady looks at that as this guy's being a clown or something like that. Yeah. No, I mean, they they know that he's a really good football player, young football player. And, and, and I think, you know, you know how people say real recognizes real. I mean, people recognize that this guy is a really good football yeah. player, you know, borderline great right now as a rookie. And, you know, to make a pro Bowl as a rookie, to back up his draft status, you know, all of those things he's done and exceeded. And he's become one of the vocal vocal leaders for this team. I think players around the league respect players like that because they know that they can back it up. They can walk the walk, talk, talk. They can do all those things. So I like Chase Young saying that because it raises the level of, of play of his teammates. Those guys know that. Tampa heard that. Bruce Arian sure heard it. Yes. <laughs> you know, he commented on it. He, said, yep. he, he <laughs> said, you know, he gave Chase credit. He gave Montez Sweat credit. He gave Ron Rivera credit. But then he also said, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> so yeah, it is Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, of course. So that that was a little that was a little jab back. But you know what? That's good. That's gamesmanship. It's the playoffs. These are the better teams in the league, obviously. So let's get it on Saturday. And I and I will say, personally. As much as I love Tom Brady and I do think he's the GOAT, I will say this. Out of the three teams that they were possibly going to play, you know, in the first round, uh, Washington for this wild card, whether it had been Seattle, uh, the Rams, or the Buccaneers, I was saying the Buccaneers would have been the better fit for them uh, because Tom Brady's a stationary quarterback. And stationary quarterbacks haven't fared well against this defensive front. Uh, mobile quarterbacks have well Tom Brady's the <laughs> probably the least mobile court starting quarterback in the league so um, it, something's going to give here and hopefully for Washington fans it's it's, it's the Buc- Buccaneers not being able to contain you know Chase Young Montez Sweat Deron Payne uh, you know Jonathan Allen and crew etc cetera, etc cetera. keep yeah. it going <laughs> <laughs> exactly but you saying that that leads me to my next point I really just broke down the Bucks season as a whole um, and the thing that stood out to me was their losses. You know, you have two losses to the Saints. You have a loss to the Bears, the Rams, and the Chiefs. All of them have great defenses. Um, so, yeah, exactly. So they're, yes. they're really good teams. But the one thing that stood out to me was they were held to 23 points, 19 points, 3 points, which I don't think has ever happened in Tom Brady's career, and then 24 points twice. And those losses. So to me, I'm really taking a look at this. Like, what's the formula to beating the Bucks? And it really is just frustrating Tom Brady, making him uncomfortable. Like you said, he's a stationary quarterback. I think he's averaging like being sacked three times in those losses uh, per game almost. But I really look towards the Bears game. Mm-hmm. It was a low-scoring game. The Bears don't have the best offense, obviously. I mean, Mitch is kind of coming alive now. But I would, I think it's safe to say that we don't have the best offense. We probably have the worst offense in the playoffs right now uh mm-hmm. just being honest with everybody what do you think is really the formula to beating the bucks for washington and what kind of game plan do you think del rio needs to drop on the defensive side for tom brady you know that th- those are great points that you make and, and and i liken this game to you don't have to go far from here and, and you know and, and well, I, I live in ashburn you know right around the corner from the facility so you don't have to go far up far up the road, uh, you know, up to Baltimore to get the blueprint. And all the years where the Ravens were given, you know, the Patriots fits, you know, rather, um, you know, it was up in New England or it was in Baltimore. They gave New England trouble. 
And that was because their defense was relentless. Baltimore's defense was always in attack mode against Tom Brady, and it slowed down. You know, it slowed his performance down. He doesn't like traffic around him. I mean, everyone who's who's covered this guy will tell you that. As great as he is, if he if there's bodies around his legs and there's people flying around him, he's looking he's looking for uh, you know uh, roughing the passer calls. Yeah. I mean, he, he doesn't want that. And this defense is is the blueprint. They've already got it. They've got a tremendous pass rush. They've got two edge rushers that most teams can't handle. You can't double team one because the other one's coming. Um, if you do that, you've got some guys pushing the middle of your pocket back. So I, I just think that for right now, the saving grace for Washington and for a fan base out there who's like, ah, you know, they can't score. They're going to be in trouble against Tampa. No, they, this defense is really good. So you say that. In that they have one of the worst offenses in the playoffs, which is probably true, but they also have one of the best defenses in the playoffs, which is what you need to win championships. So, blueprint, um, get after Tom Brady at all times. Don't give him a chance to sit three, four seconds in the pocket because he'll pick you apart. Um, don't give up the deep ball right now. Uh, you know, Mike Evans may not may not play. I mean, he didn't practice today. Yeah. He has the knee, knee injury, so that's something to watch as we get closer to Saturday night. Um, but if that's the case, then obviously Tom Brady's favorite target, it, it won't be one of my Penn State brethren and uh, Chris Godwin. It's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be Antonio Brown. Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah. And he's looking he's looking for him now. But but I, I think that, you know, the Cam Curls of the world, um, you know, Jeremy Reeves back there now. I, I really like this young secondary and they're starting to play really well. Yeah. And that's one thing I was going to ask you, too, is you've really seen A.B. coming on lately. Obviously, they have Chris Godwin. He still has Gronk, who is all reliable for him. Cameron Braid. He has so many weapons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But how hard is it for a young secondary to keep up with a guy like Godwin and a vet like A.B.? And then, once again, you're playing against Tom Brady. And you, then you have Gronkowski coming up underneath you. Are you worried about what your linebackers are going to do? Do you have faith in their jobs and their assignments to where you can say, hey, let me take care of my guy and everybody, everybody else will just do their jobs? How hard is it for a young crew like that secondary? Oh, it's, it's going to be extremely tough because, you know, whatever they throw at Tom Brady, he's seen it, you know, 10, 20 times in his career. So nothing's going to surprise him. Uh, you know, I think the speed of the game in the playoffs will will be early on, you know, a, a different taste for Washington, especially for the young guys, uh, you know, and guys who haven't experienced this, which is pretty much the whole roster. Yeah. Um, you know, you, Alex Smith has, fortunately, if he can play, I think this, just the steady presence that he has on the field will help. And and I and listen, you go back to last week's game with Alex. He threw two interceptions, and those were bad interceptions. And he wasn't mobile. He couldn't do much. But I still tell people, and I've been telling people this from the day he arrived here, there's something to be said about a leader and mm-hmm. something to be said about a guy that makes you calm under pressure and that's what he does for this football team. So what he doesn't give you with four or 500 yards passing, um, he gives you with steady leadership. And, and that's more than, you know, I hate to say it, than some of the other guys who were playing quarterback here were getting three, 400 yards, and they were losing. They're no longer here now. Yeah. So um, that, that's what Alex gives you. But uh, to get back to your point about the secondary, I think as long as you have a pass rush in front of you, it makes your job so much easier in, in the backfield, you know, as far as the back end of the field. 
And, and if they can, you know, get that kind of pressure on Tom Brady, Brady has been known to put some out there for people to make plays on the defense too. So I think there are going to be some balls that are Kendall Fuller, uh, you know, Jeremy Reeves, they're, they're, they're going to be uh, Cam Curl. They're going to be plays to be made out there. Um, but what Tampa's going to do is they're going to identify who they're going to target. And without question, they're going to target Ronald Darby. There's no doubt in my mind. That's that's the guy they're going to go after. Well, Ronald Darby stepped up to the plate this year when targeted. So um, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to Saturday night, guys. I really am. Yeah, same here. And one of the things that, that had me really encouraged with the secondary being so young was that uh, when was the last time this, the two starting safeties for this team both had a pick in the same game? I mean, I, I can't think <laughs> off the top of my head the last time that happened. So that was really encouraging. And then another thing was Cam Curl kind of bodied Zach Ertz and took that ball away. So Josh and I talk all, all the time on this show how tight ends have picked this team apart in years past. And so, um, you know, you still have to respect Gronk, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that matchup. But speaking of matchups, is there a matchup we're not thinking about, not talking about for this this game, you know, be it on either side of the ball that we need to be looking at or focusing on uh, on Saturday? Well, I, I tell you what, I, you know, we, we talk about, you know, what what Washington has to look forward to as far as the Buccaneers offense. And you talk about Gronkowski, tight ends have, have, have given Washington fits. They really have. However, now what's starting to happen is because, you know, Chase Young and the second half of the season especially, is since he and, and Montez Sweater, they're, they're really playing in unison off the edges. I mean, they're, they're, they're really a force right now. A lot of teams are having to keep their tight ends up to block. <laughs> and so so it's, it's really changed the dynamic of offenses, and Gronkowski's a guy that can block, make no mistake about it. And in Arian's offense, the tight ends aren't necessarily utilized all the time. So I, I think that that's a big added plus for Washington because, you know, this isn't the Gronkowski coming from New England that was running deep down the field every play. I mean, he's a guy that's going to have to stay up and chip, you know, chip one of these guys coming off the edge, which – which, again, is one less weapon you have to worry about yeah. uh, for the duration of the game. So, a lot of six-man personnel. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that that's a matchup to watch out for, to look for. Um, you know, Gronkowski could, could be a factor in the game. If there's no pass rush, then you're in trouble because, like I said, Brady will sit back and then Gronkowski will eat underneath as well. So, I mean, look, Tampa's got weapons all over the field. I mean, they're loaded. They really are. Um, they can they can play different styles too. This if this is a game that turns into a running affair, I mean, listen, they, they they've got Ronald Jones, they've got Fournette. I mean, they've they've got a, a plethora of talent. It's just a matter of wills, and 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 I do think that this young defense is believing, not that they're good, they're believing that they're great, yeah. <laughs> and oh, yeah. and they feel like they can cause some damage in this thing. They're playing with house money. Uh, they're eight-point underdogs. No one's expecting anything outside of the DMV. But I think everyone in the DMV is actually giving this football team a chance. And I know as a media member, I'm definitely giving them a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Uh, you know, I will say I don't think I expected Washington to be at this point. I think we would have said, you know, fighting for the division, even if they didn't win it in Week 17, it was a, a good season. Sure. Um, what, what do you think about, you know, obviously the goal is to win on Saturday, but if they come up short, do you still see this as a success? And are you, I mean, we already talked about the foundation they're building, but does this look like the, a team that, you know, is going to be back? Is there still 
positives to be taken? I know there's no moral victories, but are, are you, as a media member, as a fan, are you still excited about whatever happens on Saturday? I am excited. Um, like I said, th- 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 there's a bright future ahead, you know, and this isn't a one-and-done type thing. They're only going to get better. They're young. Um, the great thing is is that when you have young guys get a taste of success, and especially at this level, you know, I, I thought winning this game – uh, you know, uh, on, on Sunday night was the biggest game, you know, literally in the last five, six years. And to me, I thought that the game was bigger than winning the division in, in 2015. And the reason, again, is because these guys are young. This isn't a veteran team. This is a young team that's only going to get better. You start winning right off the bat. <laughs> your first year, Chase Young, guys like that, Montez Sweat's second year, you're winning the division in your first, second year. Yeah. That's all you know as a pro. That means that you don't know the losing that that superseded you. You only know winning now. And so I again, I think that this is a bright time for the organization. Uh, you know, there, there's like I said, there's only one hole, and and it's at the quarterback position. And that's not knocking Alex. Um, Alex has had a great year. Um, Alex is a Alex Smith's a fringe Hall of Fame player. Uh, he really is. If you look at the numbers, if you look at the success he's had. Um, but with all that said, that leg at this point right now, it, it's, it's problemsome. And, and, you know, is that something that you would feel comfortable knowing that he could get through a full season next year, one year older? Uh, I, I, I don't know, but I do know that that's a position that they have to address. And if they can, if they can come out somehow next year, um, even if Alex and these guys are still on the roster, but they have another guy that could be that guy. You're telling me how many games this year that they could have won if they had adequate quarterback play? Yeah, <laughs> a, lot. Uh, yeah. a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They could be that could be an 11-12 win football team next year if they can address that. Twofold on that point. I saw a video of the last time these two teams uh, faced off, and it was Alex Smith in 2018. He was backing in and out of he pressure, was rolling. dodging and dipping, and he found Josh Dox in the back of the end zone. <laughs> That would have been 100% a sack this year. But then also, uh, you know, along those lines, I was talking to, of course, a Cowboys fan, so you got to take that with a grain of salt. But he was kind of dogging on Washington winning, saying they don't have a quarterback. And I'm like, look, if we had a quarterback with two healthy legs, this team would have blown everybody else in that division out of the water. So I don't know what you're saying there. You're just kind of proving the point that this team is really good all in all phases except for the quarterback and I think they're going to fix that I don't think they're going to roll into next year with you know a a bad signal caller I mean it's the most important position in sports so you're absolutely right it is really exciting to think about if they can just find somebody who can stay even healthy it doesn't even need to be great but healthy it's going to be huge for this team so So tell tell, tell your Dallas friend simple as this um roster go down each roster who right. had the most talent between those two teams and it's probably dallas oh yeah also also tell you dallas friend that if andy dalton was on this team um they probably would have won 10 football games so 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 he should hush up <laughs> we would have helped him up after getting knocked out right yeah <laughs> so brian i want to go off uh your point um because a lot of people will say you know well, i kind of wish we didn't when the NFC East go to the playoffs, because then we would have like the ninth overall pick, we could find that quarterback. But I don't think people realize not only just for a young team, but a team that's building the way we are. Just playoff experience, playing yeah, yeah, against you, Tom Brady, 
Yeah, you don't, you don't you don't want to think that way, guys. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't want anyone to think that that's the, you know. It, it, listen, they're mad in Philadelphia, you know, um, because they took Jalen Hurst out. I'm sorry, they're mad in New York that they took Jalen right. Hurst out the game. Um, you, you know, listen, you you have 17 chances to make the playoffs. I mean, you do, yeah. and it comes down to who who performed and who did. Giants lost three of their last four games so they can't complain stop worrying about what philly didn't do um you know the eagles were a mess from day one and 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 ironically washington showed the world that they were a mess in week one (laughs) um the cowboys uh they were a mess with regardless of dak prescott because even when dak got hurt if i'm not mistaken they still were like one and one and two or one and three couldn't finish games yeah exactly so it's a lot a lot of excuses when you're sitting at home and that's the reason why you're sitting at home because you make excuses um washington wasn't making excuses even when they you know it looked bleak they were what two and seven or something two and five they still found a way to keep going and last time i looked they had just as much quarterback adversity this year than any team in the nfl so can't keep making excuses. So um, as far as draft status, listen, I understand, you know, you think you can get a, a, a great player higher up in the draft, but, but how many times is this team drafted, you know, within that, within that seven to 14 range hmm. over the years. And some of the players they got didn't even work out. Or I mean, 15. Yeah. Or 15. I was going to say, it just <laughs> took one at 15. He's no longer on the team. So, yeah. um, Listen, uh, you know, they've, they've drafted some guys that haven't worked out. And, and ironically, you have a third-round wide receiver who, who's turning in to be your best offensive player. You have a rookie who basically transformed positions from college and Antonio Gibson who's turning out to be your back of the future. Listen, I mean, sometimes it comes down to self, self-worth and, and guys busting their tail to become the best player that they can be. And I think you need a coach who, who brings that out in you Ron Rivera is definitely that guy. He's a guy that's going to bring out the best in whatever your skill set is, and then they will play to your skill set as opposed to try to fit you in a, you know, in a scheme or a system that just doesn't work for you. Yeah, and I will say I always tell people, you know, we do so well in the draft because the scouting department does their job. You find the right player for your team. I guarantee you, Cam Crow could be on another team and be terrible because he doesn't fit the scheme. And same with Gibson. Same with Terry. It's just finding the guys that fit your team. So I'm, I'm still all for, you know, drafting Mac Jones in the second round. Uh, hopefully it happens. But I say, win the games, get to the playoffs, get that experience. Don't really worry too much about draft picks. Trust that our scouting department that's been killing drafts the last three, four years will do their jobs and find that quarterback, whether it's in the second or fifth, or if we get Matt Stafford, fingers crossed, here in Washington, just don't ever turn down wins. I will never be able to say, man, I hope we lose this game. Like, I, I've just emotionally invested too much in it. I, I just feel like a real fan can't ever say that. Um, but well, I have to... Well, just real quick, and then you along that logic, then you if you don't win a Super Bowl, you might as well not go to the playoffs. Like, you know, yeah. your, your, your pick's going to be worse and worse the better you do. So it's like... Do you not want to win a couple of games in the playoffs, even if it means not going to the Super Bowl? Because that's too risky, draft? Brian. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just such a silly, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Line I mean, of I, I, if you if you ask if you ask every fan before the season started, you know, you can sign up for your team to be in the playoffs. You don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs, but, but today I can assure you, your team makes the playoffs. Do you want to sign up for it, or would you want to pick in. a high draft pick? Every fan saying, "Give me the playoffs." Yeah, I mean, especially that's this a year. Given. 
Of course. I mean, I, I think any year they're going to say that before the year starts. Yeah, give me, let me get in the playoffs because that means you've had some success with your roster. So now that they've had that and, and a lot of fans are getting their wish, I, I will say this too, and I, and I know you guys are younger guys as well. Uh, you know, I, I'm in the 40 plus crew, <laughs> and um, nothing wrong you know, with that. I, I, I'm in the late 40 crew, so I, I, I can well, say this. I remember vividly, um, you know, the the heydays. I I remember it. I I, mean, I remember not wanting to go to school for a week before they played the Cowboys. You know, <laughs> I, I remember the playoff games, the Super Bowls. Uh, last Super Bowl came when I was in college and I was in Pennsylvania at Penn State and I remember you know Eagle fans and Cowboy fans and Giants fans just just mad you know and and they they just couldn't understand how this team was winning all the time every year so so for younger people you guys haven't seen it and and you've only known this outfit to be bad I mean really bad so now that you now that there is some success it's almost like people are pinching themselves. Like they still don't believe this is happening. And, and then they're they're you know, now I'm starting to hear people saying, Oh, you know, they got lucky this year and you know, they'll be bad next year. Cause they don't have this. They don't have that. No, 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 no. Stop looking at this. Like, uh, uh you know, a glass half full, empty. Yeah. Um, this thing is almost full. <laughs> That's the way I'm looking at it. They just need a couple more plate pieces here and there, but <clears throat> you know, you have a transcendent player in chase young. You know, this is a guy that, you know, bless, bless and rest his soul. Sean Taylor was the only player, I think, RG3 was close. But Sean Taylor was the only guy that around the league was feared. You know, literally was a household name around the league that people looked for and game planned for on defense. Chase Young's that guy now. And Montez Sweat is not that far off. You've got two of those guys, and then you just find a Cam Curl guy that, to me, I think makes Landon Collins expendable. Frankly, um, this is something brewing here, guys. This isn't this isn't this isn't one and done. This is going to be around for a long yeah. time. I was actually telling my friend today. I said, if you just see Chase Young, the way he plays, the way he talks about the team and everything, he looks like one of those guys that will be in Washington his whole career. He won't want to leave. He's another Kerrigan. He's just another, you know, Maryland bred guy who will want to stay on this team his whole career. So it's not like we're just, you know, building this team that's going to just be, you know, turnover every single year, just new guys in and out. I feel like we're building a long-term successful team, like you said. Um, but I do have to ask about the elephant in the room that was that came out today. Uh, we kind of we're talking about quarterbacks with Alex Smith. Um, and Ron said that he has thought about possibly playing both quarterbacks. I haven't asked Brian what he thinks on this, but I think I know what he thinks by him shaking his head. But like, I have to ask you, what do you think about those comments? Was that more of a, Hey bucks, here's a little, uh, wrench in your you know game planning for the week. Or do you think he really means that and that he would actually play both quarterbacks on Sunday? Well, he absolutely means that. One thing about Ron Rivera is he, he doesn't say things that he doesn't mean. Um, I, he, he, he absolutely means that because you, you may have to. If Alex, you know, I think the, the obvious is for Alex to start the game and, you know, get through this week first and foremost. And if he can, start the game. But if he's laboring around the way he was against Philadelphia, I mean, it was painful to watch at times. Yeah. Um, they're going to have 
to make a move. And, and, and the reason for that is you're in the playoffs now. There is no tomorrow. Um, you know, again, you're playing with house money. I think everyone will feel accomplished, meaning that if Alex starts the game and can't finish and, and you're still in the game and somehow, some way, you, you, you know, you lose the game, but it's a close game. I don't think there's going to be any blame going around. I think most fans will feel like the team just ran, you know, ran out of gas, but they did something that no one expected. They won the division and got in. But I'm telling you, those guys in the locker room, um, like Taylor quite a bit. <laughs> so oh, yeah. especially Chase. I, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't think that I don't think they feel like they're going to be you know without bullets. Put it that way. If Alex if Alex can't go, um, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I think the offense may do a little bit more with Taylor in there. Again, that's not to slight Alex, but 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 Scott Turner is. And I've been hard on Scott this year at times. I, I really have. You know, there's times where I think he's gone away from things that are working. Sometimes the run he gets away from early. Um, God knows we've seen that so much in this in this market over the years. Um, yeah. You know, but but with that said, he's also done some good things too. But I don't think we've seen his full offense yet. And the reason for that is because I think that his offense is tailor-made for a mobile quarterback. And And, and hence, when you saw Heineke come in, um, you know, to relieve Dwayne a couple weeks ago, you saw the offense open up. Yeah, a lot of that was because, you know, at the time there was no 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 game film on Heineke. So, you know, he kind of comes in cold and it's just a different thing that's thrown at, your, at an opposing defense. So now teams are going to study that game and they're going to go back to his ODU days and see things that he does well and vice versa. But I just think that his mobility gives the offense just an added bonus if he has to get out of pressure or harm's way and extend plays with his legs. And he's also a guy that's just he's got a little bit of gunslinger in him. So oh, yeah. he'll throw the ball down the field. Sometimes you need to do that just to keep defenses honest. So, yeah, I think both of these guys will play if Alex is laboring. And I don't think there's going to be any any worry to make that move. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally for that. The, the idea, though, I guess the, the thing that immediately went through my head was like a quarterback rotation, which I think would just be – just really bad, just swapping them in and out. I mean, I, I don't see that working, but absolutely, if Heineke, you know, if Alex Smith can get them to halftime and they're within striking distance, I'm absolutely for Heineke uh, coming out there. Oh, yeah, um, I don't I don't think, yeah, yeah I don't, guys, I, don't, I definitely yeah. don't think there's going to be any interchangeable, like one goes in, comes out, goes in. It's not, it's not going to be like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heineke's a third down for yeah, it's yeah. only no, no, no. It's it's only it's only going to be if Alex, you know, can't go, then they make the move. And and I'll tell you, they'll, they're going to know that early. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like it'll be like, well, he struggled, and you know, and the game's out of hand, and then they make a move. No, if they see him struggling and the game is early, they'll make that move. Um, and this is to save Alex, you know, too. Oh you know, yeah, to preserve him. He's earned that in his career and his comeback. You know, he's earned. Um, all the respect of, 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 you know, saving him from himself, frankly. Absolutely. And I, I'd be curious to see if they do bring in Taylor Heineke. Like you said, he's he's got some mobility. I wonder if they do a little read option and throw that defense off. I mean, try to do something that, you know, maybe he used to do in Carolina, you know, mm-hmm. filling in for Cam, something some like RPO. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Get they're going to. They're going to move him around. I mean, he's a guy that can roll out, make some throws that way. 
Um, but, but more importantly, he'll, he's just a guy that may be able to avoid, you know, a pass rush, you know, because okay. Alex just can't do it. If anyone breaks through through the line, Alex just has to go down. I mean, that's what we saw in Philadelphia. He can't, he could not move. Um, you're not going to win playoff games with a with a with a quarterback that is just totally stationary. Um, hence Tampa Bay. Um, you may see, you may be surprised. Uh, they're going to be playing some good defenses, and, and don't get me wrong, we're talking about the goat. But I've seen this story before, and I've seen Tom Brady when great defenses come his way. It's been tough sled. There, really there are has. a lot of pictures of him laying on the ground in in <laughs> January for sure. To go with all the Super Bowls, but you're right. There's a lot of oh, pictures yeah. Oh, yeah. of him being knocked around. Oh, yeah, yeah, you I'm definitely need to move when you have Nadamik and Sue and JPP coming at you. Yeah. So something to yep. keep an eye on. But I certainly agree with you. I feel like there's going to be a certain leash um, for Alex Smith. If you, I mean, it's the playoffs. You're all in. Like you. You have to go all in. And the thing with Heineke is, is he more susceptible to turnovers, to throwing interceptions because he is, you know, a gunslinger. He can let it rip. We've seen him, you know, go deep in the Carolina game. Yes, but I feel like you have to risk that to get the good out of it. He has that home run. I mean, that's what me and Brian were talking about. With Alex Smith, it's like you play to not lose the game. You lead, you know, you game manage in a way. You hate to say it, but it is what it is. But with Heineke, he has that, if I have to drive down and throw a bomb in a two-minute drive and possibly win the game, I really believe he could do that. I mean, he, and he showed it with some big-time throws, the one to McKissick. He had Cam on that touchdown if he doesn't drop it. And then uh, Logan Thomas had another great pass. So if the game's starting to get away from you and it's halftime where it's close and you just feel like, you know, Smith looks like he did last week, he's kind of stiff, looks like me getting out of bed every morning, <laughs> you might have to pull him out. And get that young spark in there. And like I said, it's for Smith too. But this is why it's so important that you lead by example. You have a great coach. Your team believes in you. Because if not, you're Doug Peterson and your players are trying to fight you in the locker room after the game if you pull your quarterback. So completely different situations. I just want to get that out there too. So if we do pull Smith, Washington fans aren't like, oh, we're the Eagles now, blah, 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 blah. No. There is no tanking. It's simply because Heineke can move when Alex couldn't. So, Lake, I'm going to go to you on this to close this out. On our show, we don't do predictions. That's too boring. We do headlines. So, we usually say Monday morning, but we're playing on Saturday night. So, Sunday morning, Lake, when you're reading about this game, you're watching ESPN, what is the one headline that you're going to see about this game? You're going to see that the Washington football team won a playoff okay, game. Okay. And that the Washington football team uh, made a lot of people money on the betting odds. Um, I think that's why that line is that way to get people to go this way. <laughs> so um, I think that this defense is prime. Um, they've just been getting better and better and better. And, you know, they believe now, um, you know, they get adequate offense. So now the other headline is, is that uh, Taylor Heineke came in the game and um, <laughs> threw a through two touchdown passes. Oof. Okay. <laughs> so that wouldn't go. be good because I, I did make a bet on Twitter that if Heineke won us some games, I'd have to get a Washington tattoo. But anyways, I would, <laughs> it'd be worth it. Um, Brian, what's your headline? I, I'm optimistic. I'm not that optimistic. I think that this team plays Tampa really close. They give Tom Brady a scare. They just come up short. But I think that, like, it's what we've been saying all this whole episode, it's they're building for the future. It's almost like, 
you know, the college team that gets to a bowl game comes up short, knowing that they're going to get to the bowl game and win it next year. I just think that they're maybe one year away from really making some noise, but they show that they belong. They show that that 7-9 record was the regular season, and they show that they belong in January. They hit Tom Brady a few times, but him being Tom Brady is the difference. But uh, there's definitely a lot of, of room for optimism for the Washington football team. I agree with you. And I'm looking at matchups, and the one I'm most excited about, um, a guy that I studied going to the draft was Tristan Wirfs, highest-graded rookie uh, pass blocker in the league this year. Only gave up one sack on 1,000 snaps this season, which is insane. 81 grade by PFF, but he's facing Chase Young. Yeah. Highest-graded defender, rookie defender, not just pass rusher, but rookie defender, 85.9 grade. I feel good about this. Um, to me, you kind of said the bowl game. To me, this feels like a solid 11-12 seed in the tournament March Madness that's going to make some noise, get that upset. It's going to happen. There's always an upset in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Or There's always that one, right. good, right. that one good upset in March Madness. I just feel like with this defense, the more I look at those Bucks losses, like Lake said, this was the matchup I wanted the most. Did I want Seattle again? Yeah, because we played them pretty well. But I feel like this Bucks team was just a, a good call for us. Yes, it's Tom Brady, but man, this team's excited. You see them in the locker room after we beat Philly. This team just wants it. And I fully believe they're behind Ron. They're behind each other. I smell an upset. I'm not going to do any score predictions, but it's. I think it's going to be really low scoring. Might be like that other Bucks matchup in the playoffs. What year was that? 2005? Yeah. 2005. Yeah. <laughs> 45 <laughs> yards of offense, or 45 yards passing or something like that from Mark yeah. Brunel. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not going to be no yeah. Chiefs versus Raiders, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> but, Lake, we appreciate you coming on. We're excited about the game. Hopefully we're all smoking some uh, victory cigars late Saturday night. But go ahead, plug in with the fan base, tell them where they can follow you on Twitter if they don't already, and then also shout out your podcast, which I'm subscribed to. I appreciate that, guys. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Lake Lewis. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Lake Lewis Jr. And then, of course, you can check us out on our website at uh, sportsjourney.com. Also have my uh, podcast, which is uh, After Practice with Lake Lewis. And, uh, you know, check us out on, on, on Saturday night after the game, doing a breakdown of the game. And, uh, you know, appreciate all the support. Appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, I really like Felix, too. I talk to him pretty often on Twitter. He's a cool guy. Yeah, that's my guy. Good one of my one of my boys. Yeah, he's a good dude. <laughs> well, I got I got a good one too with Brian. And Brian, we will see you on Saturday night. If we win, we're definitely doing a post game pod because we're gonna be too oh, excited. Yeah. I don't care what I work Sunday, neither do you. But guys, <laughs> once again, hopefully we get this win. It's gonna be a good one. We'll see y'all this weekend. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.